guess who's back? Back again. Ivan's back. <laughs> For in Melbourne last week. <laughs> yeah, that's me trying to channel my inner Eminem. Welcome to another episode of In Melbourne Last Week uh, with me, Eminem, Marshall Mathers. Nah, just kidding. Ivan Pigioni, that's my name. <laughs> and this is another episode of the podcast where I speak to uh, different people who have different passions, projects, organizations, hobbies that they like to talk about and uh, anything in between, really. My guest for this week, he is a podcaster with a science background. His name is Connor Blunt, and he is the host of a podcast called The Blunt Report, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube and basically everywhere else. Uh, I'll leave details in the show notes. Connor and I had a really good chat. We talked about uh, things like politics, science, um, you know, the legalization of marijuana, you know, and things like universal basic income and uh, other, I guess, kind of spiritual and societal uh, topics. It was a very good chat. And um, thank you so much, Connor, for uh, coming in and having a talk. It was fun. And without further ado, here is my chat with Connor Blunt. How you doing, Connor? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, thank. No, pretty good, thanks. Thanks for uh, for coming over this morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, Connor, I mentioned in the introduction you do a podcast called The Blunt Report, which basically has like like a science and medicine kind of you know aspect to it. Oh, it sounds like someone's phone's going off. Is that yours? <laughs> no, I've got nothing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Nothing. Oh, all good. You can turn it off if you want, but oh, I've got no, nothing. It's, <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, it's all right. It not that popular. Oh, no, it's uh, no, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I mentioned, like you, you do like uh, YouTube videos and, and stuff as mm-hmm. well on your podcast. So you do have a background in science, but how did you get into science? I mean, did you study it or did you have an interest in school? Like, how did you get into science? Well, it's like, I have a bit of a weird path into science, to be honest with you, because um, I hated school when I was at school. Ah, yeah. Really? We all did. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, And actually, I didn't even finish school either. Um, So, I finished school when I was in year 10, so I didn't actually graduate. Um, But yeah, I eventually went to university and I studied chemistry and physics um, and yeah, did my bachelor's there. And I guess I'm not really sure what really got me into science necessarily. I think even when I was at school, I had a huge interest in learning things and... uh, I guess education as a whole and the universe and things like that, but I don't think it was uh, collected in the right way at school. And I think I needed to sort of uh, cherish it myself to understand that I did want to do it and then actually get myself into university as opposed to being forced to do it, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. how did you how did you go when you were uh, when you were studying science? It was hard. Yeah. It, yeah. It really was tough. Particularly hard because um, I hadn't finished school and. When I got into first year university, we had to do like physics, maths, obviously, yeah. and um, engineering, maths, and everyone in there had already done sort of year 12 maths and things like that. And the last maths I did was in year 10, of which I failed. <laughs> yeah, I was I was pretty terrible with maths as Were well. You? I think I got, I think in year 10 or 11, I got like a D. Yeah, yeah, I think I was <laughs> yeah. about the same. Yeah, yeah. terrible. So maths. basically, not only did I sort of have to um, learn the first year of physics maths, I also had to catch up two years in that same semester. So that was a the first two semesters of university were pretty rough, if oh, I'm honest. Pretty yeah. rough. Yeah, it went yeah. easier as it went, if I'm, in, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been doing uh, after after you've been studying? So after I actually, actually graduated last year, oh, um, after that time, thank you, <laughs> um, after that time I actually moved to Sweden and lived in Sweden for just under a year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just as a sort of a traveling thing. Stockholm? Or? Stockholm, yeah, exactly. Lovely. Yeah, Yeah, it was really good. Um, 
And now I'm actually planning on moving away again. I'm not sure if I mentioned to you, um, but I'm, yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. You're moving. Is it back to, to the UK? No, no, no. I'm moving to Korea. Oh, Korea. Yeah, okay. and I'm yeah, going to teach yeah. English and science there. Um, wow. For right. a little while, and then my plan is to probably do some more education next year. Probably a master's somewhere. Ah, very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Very good. So, is it Korea something that just? came up or is it somewhere that you've always wanted to go really it's never even been on my radar <laughs> and friends and stuff keep laughing at me and saying why korea because I, I don't know anyone there or anything like that and um the job was just sort of there the pay's good it's a good opportunity i love traveling um i love moving to other countries as well yeah and um I was just like, why not? Basically, that was that was honestly most of my reasoning. <laughs> nice. So you'll be taking some Korean lessons, or have you learned a bit of Korean? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's bad because Westerners who go to Asian countries, they really, as expats, they really can survive so well without needing to, you know, learn Korean. <laughs> so you'll be good. <laughs> so I think I'll be good. I think I learned the necessities, bits and bobs, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, good luck with your uh, your new pursuit. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that should be exciting. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be um, it's gonna be hard, but I think it'll be worth it in the end. Ah, uh, definitely. And that's mm. that's what life's all about, isn't it? It's just taking those opportunities and experiencing new cultures yeah. and, uh, and just rolling with it, yeah. isn't it? Honestly, it's probably one of the most important things to me. And I think people in general should have a bit more emphasis on really trying to make their lives not harder necessarily, but making a point of getting out of their comfort zone a little bit. I think we've been sort of fed this thing that we shouldn't be making lives as easy as possible for yeah, ourselves. Definitely, but yeah. I don't think that's the reality at all. No, you really got to get out of your comfort zone. And also, I guess, if you want to find success, like not just... I guess financially mm-hmm. or whatever, like even personally, like spiritually, you've got to really kind of get out of your comfort zone yeah. and do, and also do like what you really want to do. You know, don't let your life, don't let other people dictate sure. your life. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big thing, what you said about like, the spiritual aspect of it. Just the fact that, um, you know, you need to sort of, people in general need to, I guess, understand that, okay, you've got to grow maybe financially, career wise, relationships with partners or family, but you've also got to, um, change the way that you think about things too and uh you got to understand that when you're born and the rage that you're at now you're definitely not a perfect person you have plenty of problems you have plenty of wrong ideas and you should be trying to change that and yeah. doing things like i guess travel d- yeah. does help that exactly i wish many other people would understand that you know mm. <laughs> that'll make the world a bit of a better place it probably would but i guess it's you know i've talked about this before in other episodes of the podcast and just it's hard being a human you know you've you get up you go to work works hard you get back you're tired you got to worry about what you eat you got to exercise you've got to maintain relationships and then what on top of that i'm meant to grow as a person it's <laughs> yeah. like when am i gonna get the time for this <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah definitely it's tricky yeah it's very tricky but you know we all persevere that, that's the great thing about humanity you mm. know we persevere yeah we, we try adapt. we try to we yeah try we try to. To. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of just going back to science yes. so obviously this is your field of expertise like i with science i know i guess a little bit about science mm-hmm. but i guess you're the uh, you're the expert but i wouldn't call call myself an expert <laughs> that's for sure i've done i've done a bit of study I've, I've tried my best with science communication but it's definitely from a rookie standpoint <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all right yeah. well you're still probably on higher levels than i am anyway Hopefully. Uh, what 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 role do you think science plays in the way we function as a society well there's a quote that Carl Sagan said, um, I'm probably going to butcher because I don't know exactly, but he just basically said that we are a society that is exquisitely dependent on tech and science that knows almost nothing about tech and science. Okay. For an example that, you know, we're recording a podcast through uh, programs that we don't really know necessarily how they're built. We have a phone that sends signals up to a satellite and things like that, and we don't actually 
on a personal level know at all if I said to you, go build a satellite to send in, <laughs> in lower Earth orbit to go around the planet so you can make a phone, you know, it's next to impossible. And I think it's important in a couple of ways. It's important, obviously, through tech yeah, um, to make lives, I guess, not necessarily easier for us, but more enjoyable, safer when it comes to things like medicine or uh, the ability to bring food for us humans and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And not only that as well, there's the thing that kind of gets forgotten about it the most, but things in terms of astrophysics and um, other fields like that that sort of make us actually question our place in the universe as well, which I think is a big point that people seem to forget about. But I think that is one of the defining factors that really makes us more human mm -hmm, you know right. is the fact that we're actually looking up at the stars or we're thinking about the future when maybe animals do not animals do not and that's and that's what humans are like i guess that's why we're like the apex predator yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. we've got you this know. mind that's sort of allowed us to do that yeah yeah for sure and um yeah i mean uh, you know do you think science obviously science and tech and you know especially with like automation mm. you know they reckon in the next what 20 30 years yeah. 80 percent of jobs yeah. will disappear or something how do you think that will that will play a part in society like do you like i believe in in universal basic income mm -hmm. like i know they've trialed it in finland and and, and even in Sweden, they, they've tried like a, they have. a reduced like uh, hours of work to six hours and, and everything with, with some moderate success from mm -hmm. what I understand. I mean, where do you, what do you see for automation? Yeah, it's something I've talked about and thought about a lot, if I'm honest, because I, I, think, it's, I think it's a case of our technology is almost getting so far ahead of us that we're not even preparing for its arrival, if that sort of makes sense. And yeah. I think mechanization and automation is a big point of that, um, purely because if I'm a business owner and I had the choice between paying a worker for eight hours a day who needs to have lunch breaks and sick leave and things like this, or I, I can buy a machine that will do the same job 24 hours a day. Yeah, and there's no breaks. And there's they're no not going to get hungry. They're, they're not going to get hungry. Tired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. A big, it's something that's going to happen whether or not we like it. As long as we have this sort of structure of trying to make money and capitalism, it is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way that we can really work with it is by understanding that it's going to happen and trying to make it so it works for us as opposed to works against us. I know there's a lot of people fighting, you know, perfect examples of America with the coal thing that they have going, you know, trying to bring coal jobs back because they don't want to lose jobs. And also Trump's trying to open the steel plants the as steel well. Plants. You know, for, like what is this, the 1950s? Exa yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's, it's, that's a case of like <laughs> I'm trying to... Keep, like keep this slice of time yeah. even though the reality is it's changing so quickly and <laughs> I really do believe that it could be a good thing in the way that mechanization will be the sort of catalyst that will change the way our society actually functions into say universal basic income or just the way we think and maybe a bit less driven surrounding I guess money and things and things like that it might be a bit more yeah from the inside and spiritual and moral. Yeah, spiritual. Yeah, mm. and that, that's what I said. Like spiritual development helps, you Definitely. know, with being human. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you and I have it made. Like you're going to be a, an English teacher in Korea, and I'm <laughs> going to be well, hopefully one day a full time podcaster. Yeah, so, so and it's really, especially with podcasting and 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 also teaching. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really replicate. It's very difficult to replicate Definitely. human voice for a computer. You know, at this stage. So I guess you and I, I guess, are pretty good for the rest of our lives. For, yeah, yeah, for our lives. <laughs> or, yeah, or if you decide to become like a you know a podcaster, yeah. you know, full time one day, you something know? along those lines will be safe yeah we'll be safe <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, is, it is a scary prospect for some people though you know oh it is definitely. um when we look at factory workers who might not have qualifications they might have grown up in 
bad environments and that is literally the only job they've got and suddenly they've got a sense of purpose and a good income mm. and then this job's being taken away because some robotic arm can come in and do it 10 times faster it's a big deal well that's happened in many parts of australia mm. we've had the holden factory shut down i think in, in south australia mm -hmm. we've had uh, all these different i think some of the coal factory or coal plants have shut down in yeah. hazelwood in, in in country victoria and then you get yeah you're right you get all these people who only know that mm. and they've been doing that for like 30 40 years and mm -hmm. that's all they know and you've got to retrain these people Absolutely. until automation comes in you've got to you know get them working otherwise they're going to these poor guys they're meant to be in the twilight of their lives they're yeah. probably 40, 50 60 70 and they're going to have no retirement. Suddenly they're struggling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't hard. want that in no. your twilight years, you know? There's this documentary called Zeitgeist. I'm not sure if you've ever watched it, but um, it's basically about this concept for the most part. And uh, they discuss the point that with mechanization coming, you know, we already have 3D printers that can build the parts of another 3D printer yeah, and the machines that can then build that 3D printer. So it can be this cycle that humans don't even need to be involved in. Yeah, that's scary. Um, yeah, it is. And in this documentary, they're basically saying that we can get to a point where we have machines doing essentially everything and then maybe have a tiny percentage of the population, like 1% of the population to ensure that they're still working and to repair them and things like that. And then everyone can just sort of be there to pursue things they need to pursue, whether it be things happening in the universe or their own art or podcasting whatever it might be goodness me i know that's scary what well, a prospect i know right well in that case i mentioned that i'm i'm an advocate for the universal basic mm -hmm. income what's your stance on that uh, like because some people say oh it's just glorified doll yeah you know, whereas you know it's just it's it's essentially welfare or you know in extreme circumstances communism for sure I mean? yeah like i have heard that too yeah so i mean what's your stance on ubi do you think that would be effective in the in these times when you know 70 80 percent of jobs will get wiped in the next yeah. few decades well, what's your stance i mean do we need a basic income you think i think it to at least to sustain be, our yeah. living expenses at least and like my, my thing is if you have enough just to like live mm. and then if you want to earn more you can earn more mm. you know what i mean like what, what what's your belief on that i'm I, not a communist or a <laughs> Left here or anything, just to cycle so. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's something we're going to have to look at, and I think it's something that um, is important because you know I've had so many struggles. I'm not from a rich family at all, so you know even just looking at my parents and how their relationship with money was horrible. Yeah, and you know and how that how hard that was for them, and how hard that was even for me as a child growing up with mm, that. And yeah, and I have it good in comparison to some other families, right? So I really do think you know relieving the pressure of how am i going to eat this week how am i going to live in an apartment suddenly will make people care more about things they should care about yeah i think that's an important point but at the same time my only concern with it is and i'm no you know economist i don't yeah, really know this likewise, but yeah. my only concern is if you're suddenly giving everyone x amount of dollars won't just prices inflate to reflect that and yeah. it will just go back to square one anyway that's true yeah mm. you, d you hope like you know companies don't do that, that there needs to be some greedy. sort of legislation in place to ensure that doesn't occur yeah so I think it I think it's I think a lot of people talk about it like let's just give people some money and then it'll be that easy no I think there needs to be a structure involved that will actually make it work as opposed to because we've seen it that's the same thing what happens when banks just sorry governments just print a whole heap of money yeah inflation occurs and then as we've seen before it takes a whole wheelbarrow for money just to buy a loaf of bread yeah exactly look, look what happen. we've seen in zimbabwe and yeah even perfect. even even like in 1920s germany apparently mm -hmm. like the the mark went up like incredible yeah, amounts. incredible amounts and yeah. people couldn't afford to eat and stuff for this sure. is like pre 
this is like when Hitler was starting to come in. Yes, you yes, know, around yeah. that time. So you know, pretty yeah. pretty scary prospect. Very scary, and that's I guess my biggest concern with it. Yeah, mm. fair enough. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I listened to a, I, I told you before we started recording that I listened to a, a couple of your podcast episodes. Really mm. interesting guests. Great, you know? thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's good to have feedback because it's sometimes hard. I'm sure you understand. You just throw <laughs> them out into the ether and hope <laughs> yeah. for the best. Hope for the best. Yeah. No, I know they're, they're really they're really insightful uh, and interesting conversations you had. But the one that I listened to was your latest one um, by I think he was a psychologist i believe dean right mm-hmm. so yeah psychologist and neuroscientist yeah, yeah. you're neuroscientist yeah yeah and he reckons that um there's studies showing that psychedelics aren't as harmful you know they're one of the most least harmful um drugs mm-hmm. to you know to go around you know there's obviously there's that perception of psychedelics where you know people will think oh what if i become what if i'm in like this state and i never get yeah. out you know what i mean like or if it like wrecks my brain or something but I mean, we've seen in different countries, even in uh, like the United States, some states like Colorado, who've legalized marijuana for recreational use. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, I, I guess, for me, I've seen a turning tide in terms of people's attitudes towards, uh, particularly like the softer kind of drugs. And other people say, you know, you can't win the war on drugs mm. by the way you're doing it. You might as well just get the government to, you know, quality control the drugs, yep. manufacture it, sell it. You know, even like any kind of drug, and you know, you buy it like a like like you go to the bottle shop and For get sure. some booze. You know what I mean? So, um, do you think drugs should be legalized in Australia? And if so, how how do you think we should go about it? What's the best way? When when you say drugs, do you mean all drugs? Yeah, I mean mm. basically. Well. <sighs> Yeah, good question, actually. I mean, because some drugs are a bit, you know, like... I've got answers for both, but <laughs> yeah. I've thought about this a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Well, how about how about we'll just, we'll just do, like, the, the standard one, well, I guess marijuana. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think marijuana should be legalised in Australia? I know in Victoria they're, they're, they're implementing legislation yeah. for cannabis oil for, like, terminally ill patients and stuff to help mm-hmm. from, with their pain. All right, let's just do marijuana then. So how should we, like, should it be legalised and how should we go about it? Like, what do you think? Yes, definitely. Yeah, hundred thousand percent should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, purely because you know I try and look at things as scientifically as I possibly can, and the fact is there is just no evidence that says it's harmful. Yeah. Um, and people might think this is a bit of a cop out saying it sometimes, but uh, you know the fact mm. that alcohol is legal. Oh yeah, and alcohol and contributes to so many deaths. So many deaths, and and, and uh, cigarettes too. Tobacco. Cigarettes too. It's yeah. so toxic, so bad for you. Um. There is no reason that marijuana shouldn't be legalized. Not only that, we're starting to find out all these different things that it can do uh, health-wise. You know, um, it's been you've been able to get it through things like the NHS for and in, in stuff it, for differing amounts in mm-hmm. the past. But uh, that's the NHS in the UK. UK, right? sorry, just yep. to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. but, but to say that it should be legal because somehow it's worse and things that are legal at the moment, I think, is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, right. Mm. So, I mean, like, what benefits do you think would come about if marijuana were legalized obviously then it would be a huge economic benefit yeah. for this country you yeah. know we'd, we'd probably generate hundreds of millions if not tens of billions mm-hmm. of dollars you know for the for the economy but what other what other benefits could you see well um the big one for me is medical because it's suddenly it's with marijuana it's not so bad because it is fairly easy for scientists to to do research on it it's quite easy to obtain and things yeah. like that and get licenses for but uh, when it's legal suddenly you're going to be able to do it much more we got to understand more of what it does and we can make things like you mentioned before like cannabis oil and things like that um, we'll be able to really understand the benefits of it but not only that as well the ridiculousness of people being prosecuted for possession of marijuana of course is I a, mean is ridiculous that is ridiculous yeah and it's not so bad in places like australia as compared to how america used to be like 
literally thousands of people in prison for having a small bag of weed like yeah. it's just ridiculous yeah and australia it's not so bad but you know that saves so much money financially just just there and mm-hmm. it i guess it just develops a different relationship with drugs in general which i think is important too because not necessarily with marijuana because it's a different drug but when you talk about ice or coke or anything like that we really demonize it when we should be treating addiction to these drugs like an illness and yes. not like you're a deadbeat yeah it should yeah. be like for me i've always thought that you know drug um drug use shouldn't be a criminal offense it should be a health issue definitely not a criminal not yeah. a criminal like you shouldn't charge someone that's criminally the perfect should, way to summarize yeah, it yeah you should charge people who are trafficking you know 10 tons of it that's into the, the country difference. like that's fair yeah. but you know not the actual guy who's having like a hit no you know what i mean and you i gotta think treat them that's when you talk about yeah. drug legalization as a whole i think that's basically the nail on the head that you gotta you know treat it like the illness that it is and not like a criminal act but really punish those traffickers that are manipulating the system and manipulating individuals as well mm-hmm. i think that's the way you should be looking at it yeah and, and a good i guess a good test case uh, it's probably not well, not not a great test case but you know the injection room in richmond the one that's mm. been highly publicized you know yeah. since it's opened and, <laughs> very you know, publicized they 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 made a statement a couple of months ago saying that they've saved think 30 people a week from overdosing easy i'm sure i have no doubt that that's true yeah yeah you know they like and because you know it's been controlled and they and they have avenues so if you know you want to get off the drugs Mm -hmm. there's avenues for support Mm -hmm. i mean what do you what do you think of injecting rooms in general like do you think they should be in remote places you know away from everyone or like within like a like a like an urban area like richmond yeah what's your your take on that it's hard for me to reflect on just basically because i don't know enough sort of hard evidence to say what um what effect that has on the community if that makes sense but uh i think like you've already said it stops so many overdoses and i think the reality is having it far away is a ridiculous idea because that's not really necessarily where people take drugs they take it in the <laughs> urbanized areas yeah, where yeah. it's hard to pay for an apartment and it's hard to do this that, and the other that's where drug abuse is the problem so to put it in um country victoria are you gonna bust them over <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean? yeah, yeah you gotta get ptv a train directly out there <laughs> so they can use yeah metro you know metro still have to fix all the train exactly. lines in melbourne like yeah our, our public transport is just terrible yeah i've um, been on the brunt of it a couple of times when you're in korea i hear their their trains are just fantastic you're gonna just and their internet's quick yeah everything's gonna be 100 at 100 miles an hour the internet's a big difference i'm looking forward to because even in sweden internet's a is so cheap and b yeah i just had my phone and i basically used that for my laptop internet and it was cheap enough and so fast then i got back to australia and yeah. You can't do anything. I, I met a guy who was from Estonia a couple of years ago, mm. and Estonia is like one of the tech hubs in mm. Europe, you know? Like a lot of tech startups begin in yeah. Estonia. And he reckons in Estonia, it's unlimited internet. They don't have data caps or anything, even mobiles. He would watch, like he'd bus it from Estonia to like another European country mm-hmm. for like a few hours or whatever, and he'd stream like HD yeah. movies on Netflix and stuff, and he goes, oh, it's unlimited. Doesn't I, I can do what I want. Me. And it's like hundreds of megabit a second you know what i mean mm. like probably nearly a gigabit a second even a lot of those Estonia. cities yeah. in general they'll have in the cities like wi-fi sort of everywhere yeah like they'll have pods where they're producing wi-fi and you can basically just use it for free it's amazing yeah when you compare it to yeah yeah well the politicians <laughs> really screwed this one up with the nbn that was a big issue i don't really know necessarily what happened but it was a it was all over the place wasn't it ah, it's terrible and, and even with politics it's been a really sh- shitty week you know, for politics. It's been busy. But yeah, I know. I mean, we've got now a sixth prime minister in 10 years, mm. Scott Morrison, mm-hmm. you know, who was elected not by the people, but by yeah. you know, the Liberal Party and stuff. And uh, I mean, this this whole revolving door situation for prime ministerships, I mean, this has got to stop. Mm. I mean, there's got to be some mechanisms in place, 
you know, within legislation to say you must serve a full term, you know, unless if like you die or something mm. happens or, or whatever. I mean, it's just it's it really grinds everyone's gears. And you know, we just want for, for politicians, we just want people like them to take action. Yeah, you know what I mean, rather than just all this bickering that's happened in a week. And I think a lot of people are really disheartened by the whole political process. Well, yeah. but I think there's definitely some irony in the fact that um, it's politicians choosing the politicians now and not necessarily the public yeah exactly know? and it's always the problem is as well it's like they always think in short-term cycles mm. you know back in the day you know politicians would think 50 100 years in ahead you know like in some some countries you might get someone from like the 1930s saying let's build an eight lane superhighway mm-hmm. and people will be like eight lanes in 1930 why do you need that we're going to need it in like 50 years yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's important visionaries mm-hmm. like that and look at them now like even china like China have built like 10 lane superhighways, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, you know, like their traffic still sucks, but, you know, they've adapted to like their growing population. The and also, like, uh, the middle class is, is growing, mm-hmm. and also in India as well, like, the middle class is becoming massive. So the, yeah. the problem is, there's just no insight and there's no vision, you know? No, but at the end of the day, the, the fact is, with this sort of voting system that we have, you know, you've got like this basically popularity thing for people to come in and be the prime minister or whatever it might be and mm. having this popularity contest you know they're just going to want to get the votes and that's about it yeah you know, exactly. they're not actually going to be wanting to necessarily change anything it's about public mm. demand yeah yeah of yeah. course I know, it's 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 ridiculous but what did what did you think about all this like political stuff i mean because you're, you're you're um you're from the uk originally aren't you born in the uk but i'm yeah. australian citizen too oh, yeah fantastic. yeah, yeah. Um, i, I I mean, I can't say it wasn't expected necessarily. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really know what more to say than that because for a while it looked like it was sort of on the cards, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. It's just like it, all my, my Twitter feed, my Facebook feed, <laughs> all my feeds were just all this crap. And I was like, Bombarded. come on, man. Just, you know, just instill someone or put yeah, someone in that position. Do and something. Just do something. I know. It's, jeez. <laughs> you're leaving at a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good time. Probably a good time. Yeah. Um, so the Blunt Report. Uh, mentioned a couple of times during this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a podcast where you talk to, uh, I guess, intellectuals, uh, you know, and people, you know, like experts, I guess, in, in their fields and, and other people, influential Yeah, people. kind of. I wouldn't necessarily just say sort of intellectuals or experts. I just, um, I guess the whole concept of it is to try and just increase sort of the want to know things about the world around us, basically. And um, it's definitely not always intellectuals I've got you know comedians and stuff coming on as yeah, well yeah, and yeah, um yeah. you might not necessarily deem them as intellectuals but they have some great ideas about things they have these outlooks about things that actual intellectuals wouldn't have and it really is just a time to sit down and discuss some points that are actually important mm-hmm. yeah and so what other what like besides you know i mentioned psychedelics mm-hmm. and, and everything what what topics have you covered on your uh, on your podcast oh god from from memory <laughs> you have at the moment what? how many episodes at the moment? Uh, seven seven there's actually one coming out soon which will be the eighth one yeah. ah beautiful yeah um it's pretty broad like i honestly go in with absolutely no plan whatsoever and just see what happens yeah um, yeah from the fact that i studied physics and chemistry at university with i've had a couple of physicists on that we've spoken to um but we don't just talk about physics in those ones for example mm, we also yeah, talk yeah. about morality and we talk about uh uh, the concept of death and you know, how we have that um, in society and uh, obviously religion that usually comes hand in hand with science too um, I've also had just 
happenings in day-to-day life. I was lucky enough to have a very good friend of mine who knows a lot about tech and data as a whole, and I basically had him explaining everything for me for the Facebook data scandal, yeah, which yeah. was super helpful. Cambridge it's, Analytics. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I yeah. understood it from what I read in the news, but I didn't really understand it. You Until know, he explained Exactly. It. So yeah. I've got people like that just explaining things that they know a lot more about than me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what is, I guess, in terms of, like, you mentioned that the concept of death was one of the things you mm-hmm. talked about. What is your concept of, like, I mean, do you do you believe in an afterlife? I know from a scientific perspective, you know, you probably say, you know, the body dies mm. and then that's it. I mean, do you believe in some kind of afterlife? You I, know, I think this concept of people saying the body dies and that's it is hand in hand with science. Is people that uh, maybe think there might be sciency and maybe aggressive atheists or something like that because. Yeah. Science doesn't necessarily say that that occurs. Okay. And in fact, this is exactly what the physicist basically talks about in the podcast with Sarah. Um, What actually happens in science is sort of much more interesting in the way that we're all made of atoms and we break down and then we actually go on to make other things. When you die, you will be made into other things. That is a fact, which is an amazing concept. And then also now in where we are with physics now, we're starting to learn things that, you know, the universe and time itself could be infinite. And if that is the case, then on an infinite timeline, you will come back in some form or another because it's an infinite timeline and then we start discussing these really out there concepts yeah um hopefully i don't come back as a rat no <laughs> you know well you might not have a choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got no choice you got Damn no it. choice exactly. I'm, a, I'm an earthworm yeah great we also talked about the fact that it's weird with death because um it's something horrible for us it's something hard for us and it's so final too it's so final too yeah. but the fact of the matter is it's as part of life is life itself and there is movements now with certain individuals especially in science that really tries to make death less of a not scary prospect but more of a understanding that this is something that's i guess going to occur and it could be a big moment not necessarily in a negative way if that sort of makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. i know and it's something which i guess we all have to accept you yeah know, there's, a, there's that there's that constant fear mm. of dying you know and stuff mm, we all have it we all have it yeah, yeah get yeah. me on a plane and <laughs> i hate it <laughs> well actually planes are statistically safer than cars no, so, how ridiculous know. actually we spoke about this in a podcast <laughs> that uh, we recorded at the other day and i like, like I said, I studied science. I know exactly why it's not going to crash. I've spent hours watching documentaries yeah, about it still the test. You. But for some reason, you know, I have more chance of dying on the bus, the sky bus, to get to the airport. <laughs> yeah. And then when I'm on the plane, I suddenly start getting sweaty. And yeah. uh, it's it's weird. It's a weird human thing. You have a bit of, uh, what is it, a- aviophobia? Aviophobia. No. Is that what they call it? I don't know, some kind of phobia. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Sounds it good. sounds like bird fear of birds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's right. So will you be continuing the podcast when you're in Korea? 100%. Oh, we definitely. I've got nice. a couple already lined up. Um, excuse me. I've okay. also, um, I've also originally when I started the podcast, I wanted the idea of um, making the podcast a little bit more travel orientated as well, and in the way that I wanted to speak to people from different countries. So I've got sort of like a couple of Korea specials lined up, um, where I speak to people who know a lot about Korea, a lot about Korean history, very nice, a lot about Korean culture. Um, so I'm maybe gonna have like three or four parts of. Uh, for one sort of thing on Korea and then hopefully I'll go to Japan do the same maybe Malaysia do the same and get that sort of idea of increasing awareness about 
things whether it's science or even the world as a whole that's kind of the idea i have for it nice and the podcast you can find it basically anywhere apple podcasts or where else it's everywhere i put yeah. in the effort everywhere basically you can find podcasts it's on itunes on youtube it's on spotify yeah, stitcher nice. absolutely everywhere also i have a website thebluntreport.com um I have instagram blunt report absolutely everything i am there you're all there, <laughs> all there. <laughs> excellent well i'm going to put those details in the show notes perfect for today's episode so and my listeners can uh, you know you know, check out your check stuff out, and yeah. Uh, yeah, see see how they go. Sounds good. Connor Blunt, thank you uh, very much for the chat. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No worries. And that was a really good chat. Thank you very much, Connor, and uh, good luck with your move to Korea. I'm sure it'll work out and uh, looking forward to hearing more episodes of your podcast, which will be really, really good. I'll leave those details in the show notes so you can find his uh, podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and others, and you can also go to thebluntreport.com for some videos and uh, podcast episodes. If you want to be a guest on my podcast, you can send me an email in Melbourne last week at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is in Melbourne last week, Twitter at IM last week, and I'm also on Instagram at in Melbourne last week. If you want to follow me on Twitter personally, my handle is at Ivan C. Pugioni. I'll be back next time with another guest. Take care. Mm-hmm.